Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pastor Raf. And hello to every single one of you at home, wherever you are, in the lounge room, in the kitchen, gathered together. And uh, it's still so great that we can share in worship together, but also in the Word of God together. And, and as we were worshipping today, I just really sensed the heart of God. I just really sensed that that His heart is for us to know today that wherever we are, whatever our circumstances are, that He sees you and He knows you and He loves you. And so I just wanted to encourage you with that today before we bring the Word. But before we do open up the Scriptures, I want to pray with you. Heavenly Father, we just thank You so much for this day, a new day that You have given us, Father. And we acknowledge You in it, we worship You, we honour You for it. And today, Lord, as we open up the Word, I pray you would speak into every single heart. We thank you, Lord God, that you know us each intimately. You created us. And Lord God, you know what it is that's on our hearts and on our minds. And I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would begin to move and speak in every home, in every situation. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well... We are living in incredibly surreal times. Uh, Never before have I walked into a supermarket and not been able to buy toilet paper. I've never encountered that. I never imagined that in a million years that would ever happen. And even the other day, I couldn't find dishwashing detergent of all things. There's there's ridiculous things that are missing off the shelves. My daughter even uh, a few weeks ago walked into the grocery store, into the supermarket, and she saw a lady piling literally packets and packets of cookies into her trolley. These are very different times that we're living in. Never before have I ever heard of borders across countries being closed, where people cannot enter and people cannot leave. Never before have I heard the AFL being suspended for a season. I mean, who would have ever imagined that we'd live in a time where that would happen? There are certainly extraordinary things that are taking place. There's change that is happening all around us and it isn't necessarily by choice. There are things that are changing around us that we have no control over, that we've never actually experienced before. And this change isn't just out of our control, but it's actually rapidly changing around us. We get daily updates. We get news constantly coming at us about what is happening in our world, what is happening around and about us with this virus. And as a result, we have to constantly change and constantly adjust to how we do everyday basic life, everyday tasks. We have to change how we interact with each other, how we do relationship, how we do communication and how we take care of ourselves and as well how we take care of each other. You know, trying to even explain to my children that uh, we won't be able to have that party that you've been planning for months or maybe just for a little while you cannot see in the flesh your grandparents and give them a hug just for this season. Some of these conversations that we have to have are really tough for us to navigate and it's change that we just didn't ever anticipate happening to us. 
this kind of change can leave us feeling a sense of loss, a sense of grief that we've lost the life that we've built around us. And it can feel like we're being stripped away of choices and freedoms and control and certainty. And it can feel painful. It can be really unsettling. It can feel like it's a threat to us. And uh, as I said before, change can often come when we have a choice, we make a decision. But with change like this, where there's no control over it, it can feel risky and it can feel like it's going to change our lives forever. You know, the Bible is actually filled with many stories of people who had to experience change. And I think of Abraham for an example, as an example today. The Lord tells Abram to leave his country. He has to leave his relatives, his father's house. He has to go to a new land that he's never been to before. And he needs to start a new life. He's called to step out from what is comfortable and what he's always known and to leave the life that he has built in order to start again at a new place. This kind of change for him is life altering. And I can imagine that as he navigated this change, that there was all sorts of emotions that he would have felt. The fear of leaving a different culture, of living in a different culture, leaving his own and going to a new one, a new language, new traditions that he would have to learn. The pain of leaving his relatives, his family, his comforts, his own friends behind, maybe for good. And then the risk of leaving the security of what he knew his own home, the place that he had experienced so much of his life in order to go to an unknown place. Another biblical example that I think of is Mary. She was engaged to Joseph and I'm sure she had no idea that in becoming engaged to Joseph that her life would change completely. It would take a a very new direction I'm sure that she was somebody like many of us can imagine who would have hopes and dreams and she would have had plans for her own life that she would have made for herself. She would have had an imagination about what her life could look like and then change comes to her. Her world is interrupted in a way that she never planned for, that she never saw coming. An angel appears to her and tells her that God has an important job for you to do but it means your whole life is going to look different. Something that had never happened to anybody else in time and would never again happen to anyone else was happening to Mary. Something that would change her view of God, her view of herself, and certainly the way that others would view her. She was confronted with this challenge of change. You know, Mary changed her mind about who God was and what He could do. And this was all part of her embracing this season that she was encountering. But this adapting and this changing of this nature can leave us feeling uncertain. And I I can imagine that in that uncertainty, we look for some hope. We look for an anchor that our faith can rest upon. So as we face this new normal, just for a season, just for a time, I wanted to remind you and I today that as disciples of Jesus Christ, as followers of Christ, that we can know that there are some things about our world that will not change, no matter what happens. And these are the things that need today to become the anchors for us at this time. 
I want you to turn with me to the book of 2 Corinthians and I want us to read for a moment from chapter 4 here, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I'm going to start at verse 7 and read through to verse 18. It says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying around with us in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that He who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into His presence. For it is all for your sake, so that grace extends so much more and more that people may increase in their thanksgiving to the glory of God. So here it says in verse 16, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. You know, in this passage that we read today in Corinthians, there's the reality of the troubles and the trials and the testings of this world that are being acknowledged here. We need to remember that the plan of the enemy is always to steal, to kill and to destroy, to keep men and women, you and I, in ignorance to the gospel and the power of the cross and to set us against it and even to reject it. That's the enemy's plan. But in the face of come what may, Jesus has risen again from the cross in order to remind us that He has still come to give us life and life eternal. Even as disciples of Jesus, you and I are subject to the same pains and the same troubles of this world. And yet God chooses to use us, especially in times like these, that His power might be glorified through us for such a time as this. Paul writes these words today to us to encourage you and I in times like this that we are not alone, that though there may be fear and there may be chaos, we will not be destroyed. It is our opportunity with Christ today that we and others may see the power and the grace of Jesus at work. Paul says in this Scripture that we carry around with us the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. You see, the remedy today against us fainting in the testing and trying times is the grace of faith. Our faith right now counts for everything. We must return and bring into focus again, what are the things that really do matter? And what is the hope to which you and I have been called to? 
We aren't called to grumble. We aren't called to complain or to freak out and cause concern. Or, although I wouldn't blame you if you've felt like that at times. But we are called to rise up in faith and to preach our hope, Jesus Christ. You and I as followers of God have an eternal perspective on what is happening and our response can reflect Jesus. You know, it's interesting to note that Paul in this text calls his trials light and momentary. That's how he refers to his afflictions. In light of the eternal glory to come, he says they do not even compare. Can I just remind you for a moment the kinds of trials that Paul endured in his life? He was put in prison over and over. He was flogged and beaten a number of times. He was shipwrecked on three occasions. He was often facing some kind of danger and some kind of threat to his life. He was often weary and hungry and thirsty and without sleep and he was often in pain. And he calls these types of afflictions light and momentary. Because when it comes to the revelation that he has of the glory, the eternal glory to come, he says they don't even compare. How is it that he can say this? That in spite of what he's been through, in the face of everything that he endures, that Paul declares this so boldly. I believe that it has everything to do with where he found his hope, where his anchor lies and in who he believed in. His faith in Jesus Christ was an unchanging, solid anchor in his life. So I've been pondering lately on what some of the anchors would be for my own life. What are some of those things about my faith that I know will not change no matter what comes in this season? And I wanted to share some of these unchanging anchors that are my eternal hope and that have been encouraging to me and my response in this time. I wanna share with you a number of them. What are the things that will not change? The first thing today is that we are still on mission. You and I are still called we still have a purpose. We've still been created for a reason by God. And I really sense that today somebody in their lounge room needs to hear that, that the call of God is still true for you. You may be facing uncertain circumstances around you, but God has still created you for a reason. He still has a good plan for your life. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And friends, this is still as true as it was last month, last year, even in the face of life as we know it at the moment. We can ask the Holy Spirit, well, since things have changed, what is my mission to look like now in this season? Maybe the mode of delivery or the engagement has changed for a little, but I really feel it's important that on the heart of God that we would grasp His heart for us in this time when it comes to our mission. And we may discover an incredible opportunity that God had planned all along. The Lord also says in Scripture that my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And sometimes we need to release the grip of what we thought it should look like or how we think it has to be in order for us to see what God wants to show us how it can look like in His way. This is not how we thought it would be. This is not how we thought it would look like, but God 
Could it be that God does indeed have a plan for us on mission in this time? This hasn't taken Him by surprise and we've got to seek Him for that. The second thing that I want to remind you today that has not changed is that we still have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our helper. He is our counsellor, our friend and our strength. And this in part is what He has been given to us for, for such a time as this, to help us, to counsel us on our mission, to be our support and our strength in times when we need to navigate the unknown. Let me remind you today of some of the role of the Holy Spirit. He has been given to us to transform us in the sight of God. In 1 Corinthians 6.11, it says that we are sanctified and justified in the name of Jesus by the Spirit. May this be a time where God continues to transform us into His image. The Holy Spirit has been sent to help us to remember the Word of God. John 14.26 says that the Helper will teach you all things and bring them to your remembrance. Maybe right now you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to remember the Word of God, the promises of God for your life, the prophetic words that have been spoken over you in this season. The Holy Spirit also gives us spiritual gifts for the building up of others. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the manifestation of the Spirit being given to each one of us to profit all. Maybe it's an opportunity for you to take the gift that God has given you and to ask Him right in this season, how can I use that to profit others? How can I use that to reach out to others in this time? We'll ask the Holy Spirit to do that for you. And the Holy Spirit empowers us to witness of Jesus. In Acts 1.8, it says, We receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us to be His witnesses. Well, God needs us to be His witnesses right now more than ever on the earth. And I would pray that He would help you in this season to do that. The third thing that I wanna remind you of today is that you are still loved by God and you are still called to love one another. 1 Peter 4.8, I love it. It says, above all, meaning above everything in your life right now, above, above all things, keep loving one another earnestly. You know, one of the, the realisations that I have when I look at a Scripture like this is that I realise that God has first loved me. And this is what enables me to love others. Our love of God and our love of others is not actually dependent on us. It's not dependent on whether we're having a good day, whether we're feeling like we can reach out to other people. It's a kind of love that actually comes from God. And we are called to demonstrate and to express that love to others. I want to encourage you to ask God in this season for a greater and a deeper understanding of His love for you and then to look for the opportunities to express this. For we know that it says in Scripture, "'Who shall separate us from the love of Christ?' Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or weakness or, or danger or sword? No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else, not even coronavirus in all creation, will be able to separate you and I from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Today, I wanna remind you that nothing can separate you from the love of God ever. 
The fourth thing I wanna remind you of today is that God is still with us and God is still for us. He hasn't left us. He's still here. He's still living inside of us. He's gone before us. He knows what's ahead. He knows what's to come. He's beside us. He's going through this with us. He's right there alongside us and He is all around us. It says in Deuteronomy 31.6, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you and He will not forsake you. I pray that God reveals Himself to you today in this way, that you would know and understand that He is for you and He is with you. The fifth thing that I want you to remember today as we face this season is that we still have eternity. Our salvation is certain in Christ. If we have given our lives to Jesus and we've received His life and forgiveness, then our eternity is locked in. It says in John 3.16 that God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son so that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. The work has already been done on the cross. Christ has already won over sin and death. The penalty has been paid. And the good news is that today He will continue to do a good work in us. Philippians 1 says, I always pray with joy for you because of your partnership in the Gospel from the first day until now being confident of this, that He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And finally today, I wanna remind you that God is still who He says He is. I wanna just read to you a few things about who God is that have really been encouraging me lately. God is omnipotent. He is good. He is love. He is still our provider. God is still our rock. He is still the author and perfecter of our faith. God always has been and always will be. God is still just. God is still holy. God is still kind and God is still our healer. He is still our redeemer. He is still our deliverer. God is still all sufficient. He is still all knowing and all present. He is still merciful and He is still sovereign. God is still wise and He is still faithful and He is still full of grace and truth. God is still our comforter and our counsellor. He is still our protector, our Father. God is still the Good Shepherd and our Great High Priest. He is still the Head of the Church. He is still the King of Kings and the Lord of all. He is still the Light of the world. God is still the Door, the Way, the Word, the Truth and the Light. Today, I want you to remember that God is still who He says He is. You know, I am convinced that God is leading us through this history-making change in our lives. That while the storm rages around us and we might feel at times like our boat is really being rocked, He's beside us, He's in that boat with us. He's gone before us, He's all around us. He knows, He sees us and He is our anchor today. I have every confidence that as we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit together, that He will reveal Himself to us and the gates of hell will not prevail against His church. 
So as we have these eternal truths today as our anchor, as God continues to do a work in us to change us from the inside out, may we become more like Christ. And as I conclude today, I want us just to reflect on that, to focus on the change that I believe is also on God's heart for us in this season. And that is the change that takes place within you and I. I don't know about you, but when change has come in my life, whether it's been big or whether it's been small, there's always been some level of discomfort or agitation that sometimes has caused a bit of a wrestle and an an attention on the inside of me. But when I've surrendered to God, when I have taken that to Him and I have sought His heart for me in that, it has always led to a transformation to make me more like Christ. And this is the holy work of God, that with our discomfort, with our frustration, with our anxiety, with our fear, with our troubles, that when we come to the feet of Jesus and we surrender our lives and we acknowledge that we cannot do this within our own strength, Christ can do the work of transformation in us that God wants to do. You know, as we read at the end of that text today in 2 Corinthians 4, in verses 16 and 18, it says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And today, as we look not to the things that are seen, not the things that are fearful and not the things that are rocking our boat, but to the things that are unseen, the things that are eternal. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. My prayer for you today is that the eternal things that are unseen, that they would be your anchor that God would continue to renew within you your inner self in every season, day by day. Let me pray with you today. We thank You today, God, that You are our Father, that You are still who You say You are. And Lord God, we acknowledge today that we need You, that we need Your Son, Jesus, we need Your Holy Spirit, And God, I pray right now that You would help us each to remember that You have still called us, that we are still on mission, that Your plans and Your purposes will not end. Lord God, that You have a plan in this time. And I pray for every person, Lord, who is listening to the sound of my voice, that You would speak by Your Holy Spirit right now and give them a fresh vision, Lord. Give them dreams again of what it is that You have for them to do, particularly in this moment. And God, I thank You today that we still have the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that homes everywhere would be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit and You would pour out Your Spirit upon us in abundance like never before, God. And people in their homes, Lord, would be baptised afresh by Your Holy Spirit, that You would give fresh visions and dreams as You fall upon us. And Father God, I thank You today for the reminder that we are still loved by You 
that nothing that this world brings, that nothing that comes against us can separate us from Your love. God, You've made it a sure thing that we would always be able to receive Your love. The depth and the height of it, we can never outgive it. And so Father, we thank You today for that love. And Lord, we thank You for eternal life that, that Jesus has given us the guarantee for. And we thank You, Lord God, that You are for us. I pray for every heart, every person, Lord God, that is listening today and that they would get a sense of Your presence right now, even around them. And that they would begin to understand, Father, what it means for You to be for them, what it means for You to be on their side, what it means for You to have a purpose and a plan for them today. And God, we thank You above all that You are who You say You are. We thank You that You are our God and we love You. We pray in Jesus' Name. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today, we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.